Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Holiday travel testing patience. You know what, it's Christmas. You gotta expect that. The staffing shortage that made for a rough start for BC Ferries today. Plus, Christmas delayed. We had holiday plans. We had a dinner that was scheduled for the 23rd, and we're gonna be missing that as well. Why they won't be home for the holidays, thanks to Flair Airlines. And cash only at checkouts across the country. It's very bad timing on a day when you're rushing around trying to get everything done. The payment problems on one of the busiest shopping days of the year. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. It is one of the busiest travel days of the year and it got off to a rocky start for BC ferries. One of the major sailings was delayed after just one worker called in sick today, throwing off the schedule for the rest of the day. Our Richard Zussman is keeping an eye on the situation at the Swartz Bay Ferry Terminal tonight. Richard, uh, how are the waits now? The coastal celebration, Sophie, was supposed to be on the water half an hour ago. It's still sitting here at Swartz Bay. It's part of the story all day long. We have seen this cascading effect of delays because of those staffing challenges this morning. And this is just the beginning of the holiday crunch. It's a ripple with bigger effects than some waves. No, I don't want to talk about the ferry right now because it's delayed 20 minutes. We should have been loaded and left already. The Queen of New Westminster leaving late on the first sailing of the day from Tawasa to Swartz Bay. The coastal celebration also delayed, but going the other way, leading to departure delays of 10 to 1 hour and 20 minutes on the route for much of the day. The reason, in both cases, a shortage of staff to meet federal marine safety requirements. She told me I'd get on the 10 and now the 10's delayed. But you know what, it's Christmas. You gotta expect that. This weekend marks one of the busiest stretches for BC ferries. And unlike the summer, ferries able to get the vessels on the water rather than cancel, scrambling to get those staff on board. The reality is we hired the most people in the last 12 months that we have at any point in our history. So we definitely have the staffing levels. We need to run uh, our vessels over the holiday period. 152 extra sailings have been put on during the holidays. And although 65% of all spots have been booked, there's still some space to reserve. The Coastal Renaissance not available, but all the other vessels have received additional inspections to best prepare for this stretch. We feel very confident with two things. One, the condition assessments of the ships that are in service, and then some of the mitigation measures that we've put in place. And a guarantee from the BC Ferry CEO. It's clear who you can count on more when it's a comparison between BC Ferries and Santa Claus. Santa or BC Ferries? Ferries, no <laughs> chance. It's gonna be ferries every single minute of the day. Wow, really? 
Okay, we'll see. I don't know if Rudolph is working for BC Ferries or for Santa, but Richard, uh, what are we expecting over the next few days? So there is a reindeer that will be working for BC Ferry, Sophie, on Christmas Eve. They have a webcam. They will be providing real-time information to travelers about where Santa is and whether those ferries are actually on time. And today's just the start. Tomorrow is expected to be the busiest day during the holiday season, so Ferries is hoping that all its staff can get to work to ensure that those ferries remain on time. 24th, 25th, a little bit slower, and then it gets busy again on the 26th and 27th. The good news, so far no cancelled sailings, but again the reminder is make sure you make a reservation. It will make it a little bit easier, even though sometimes your vessels maybe a little delayed. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas, Soph. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Richard. Merry Christmas to all the staff at BC Ferries who are uh, <laughs> yeah. giving up their Christmas so that they can work. All right, thanks, Richard. Yep. It is also one of the busiest days of the year for air travel. At YVR, while the lines are long, so far there has been no repeat of last year's chaos of snow and delayed and cancelled flights. Our Travis Prasad is at the airport for us tonight. Travis, uh, YVR's CEO says they've learned a lot of lessons after last winter. Yeah, lessons learned and actions taken, Sophie. But on top of that, I mean, if you looked outside, you would have seen today that it's a pretty nice day, so there are no real weather-related delays or cancellations to tell you about, and that's good news for what is a very busy travel day. There's been a steady stream of people through the departure terminals, as well as down here at international arrivals. An influx in passengers that YVR says they did prepare for. Jolly old St. Nick knows a thing or two about air travel. At YVR, he likes what he sees, and so do travelers. So far, so good. Yeah, no problem. I arrived, they helped me pretty fast, so yeah, good. This is the busiest day of the month, with the airport welcoming more than 74,000 passengers. It's busy, definitely, but everyone's pretty nice. The lady at the front door, they, she guided us here. It was great. Good service. A little over 2 million passengers for the month of December. That's 250,000 more than December last year. So people are definitely traveling. And things appear to be running smoothly. Have a good day. Take it from Vince Madden, who just landed after a harrowing journey from down under. Of all the airports we visited in the last 48 hours, this is the, this is the quietest this we've seen. So the, the rest of the airports have just been absolutely mayhem. The most wonderful time of the year was anything but that last year when severe weather and the first post-pandemic holiday rush created the perfect storm for travel chaos. This is not right. This is Vancouver. This is not a third world country. Fast falling snow keeping airline and airport crews from showing up for their shifts. Flight after flight cancelled. The operational failure led YVR to invest in a $40 million action plan, including more airfield equipment for severe weather and improved protocols at the gates. To better communications and digital tools so people can pre-book and get on their way to more staff in the terminal so that when people do have a question, we can answer it and get them the information that they need. But again, no snow so far this year, so it remains to be seen how YVR's new action plan might improve operations in severe weather. Now, if you are flying out of YVR in the coming days, you're asked to check your flight status before coming to the airport because even if favorable conditions are here, 
weather delays at other airports could change the schedule at YVR. Sophie. All right, let's hope that doesn't happen. Thanks very much, Travis, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas. A Calgary family is stuck in B.C. for Christmas, even though they made a point of booking their flight home before the busy holiday weekend. And as John Waugh reports, an airline critic says their story is an example of another failure of Canada's air traveler protection. The star is up, the stocking stuffed, and all the presents are in their place. The only problem, Daba Zulu and his mother Patricia are stuck in the wrong province. It was very frustrating to know that despite everything I've tried to do and like right to make sure I'm there on time, make sure I'm getting home on time, I was failed by the airline. The son and mother were originally scheduled to fly from Abbotsford to Calgary via Flair on December 18th, but that flight was canceled and they were rebooked for December 22nd. The pair were able to get an earlier flight on December 21st to accommodate work, but after several delays, it was canceled as well. Now the earliest they can fly home is after Christmas, on December 26th. When I'm not at work, I have about 28 people that I have to look after at night alone. So they should be uh, held accountable. It's not fair, because we have jobs. Defreitas, who works in healthcare, worries for the many people who count on her during the holidays. For Zulu, it's missing out on new holiday traditions with his partner and her family. I'm going to have to miss Christmas and your mom's birthday, unfortunately. That really sucks, but I guess you're doing your best to get home. Zulu hoped to get an earlier flight, but was told Boxing Day was the only option. You told me it was a budget airline, but you can't even provide a simple service to get me from point A to point B. Now, technically, there is a loophole in Canadian regulation that exempts smaller carriers like Flair from having to rebook passengers in a timely manner, even if that means going to a competitor. Air passenger rights advocates say they've been flagging this discrepancy since 2019. But those concerns have failed to land. This Canada-only loophole is really an outlier in international standards. In a statement, Flair offers little hope. We can carry more passengers at lower fares by not having our aircraft sitting idle. Unfortunately, the busy holiday travel season means we had less options available to accommodate disrupted passengers. Flair does have a long-standing serious deficiency when it comes to reliability of service. Despite trying to beat the Christmas travel rush for Zulu and his mother, the sparkle of taking a low-cost carrier like Flair has definitely gone out. John Hua, Global News. And talk about bad timing. One of Canada's largest payment processors went down nationwide on one of the busiest shopping days of the year. Moneris confirmed on social media today that it was experiencing service problems, resulting in payment processing delays. The issue has now been fixed, but for much of this morning and afternoon, shoppers were unable to complete debit and credit transactions. It's unclear exactly what caused the service outage. You know, it's crazy. The world's gone mad. I don't normally carry lots of cash, but I'm going to start doing it now. I never carry cash anymore. I had to I had to call my boyfriend because he carries cash but I don't. I had to go to the Envision and get money and then I got my groceries. Moneris supports more than 325,000 merchant locations across Canada. Delta police say the victim of a targeted shooting last week has died from their injuries. The shooting happened last Thursday, December 14th on 82nd Avenue near 110th Street. 
The victim was rushed to hospital for emergency care but did not survive. Investigators believe it was a targeted incident related to the B.C. gang conflict. The victim was known to police but will not be publicly identified. Anyone with information on the shooting is asked to call Delta Police. Abbotsford police are investigating an early morning stabbing. Officers found a 19-year-old victim in a parking lot in the 3100 block of Clearbrook Road. He had life-threatening stab wounds. He was taken to hospital and is now said to be in stable condition. Abbotsford police say they have made an arrest in connection to the incident, and they say there's no risk to the public. And the on, or pardon me, and the investigation is ongoing. A pedestrian is in hospital after being struck this morning in Surrey. It happened just before 6 a.m. on 176th Street near 64th Avenue. The victim was taken to Royal Columbian Hospital with critical injuries. RCMP say the investigation is still in its early stages, but speed and impairment are not believed to be factors. Anyone with information or dash cam footage is asked to contact Surrey RCMP. Convicted sex offender Randall Hopley is now facing multiple charges related to his disappearance from a halfway house last month. On November 4th, Randall Hopley is alleged to have walked away from his halfway house and removed his ankle monitoring bracelet, setting off a Canada-wide search involving more than two dozen investigators. Hopley has now been charged with two counts of breaching a long-term supervision order and one count of failing to appear. He remains in custody and is scheduled to be back in court for a hearing in April. A warning now about this next story. Some of the video may be disturbing for some viewers. Closing arguments today in the case of three VPD officers on trial for assault in connection to the takedown of a suspect at the busy Broadway Skytrain station more than six years ago. The crux of the case, did police use excessive force? Kristen Robinson reports. Constables Bo Spencer and Brandon Blue and now retired Constable Gregory Jackson have all pleaded not guilty to assault. Crown Council submitting the force used was excessive and plainly shown on the CCTV video from May 2017. David Cowie flees the scene on a bicycle after an alleged theft from a parkade. Constable Josh Wong, who is not facing any charges, tackles Cowie to the ground. Wong calls in a Code 3 cover, the most serious form of needing help. The suspect, not in cuffs, he's down and fighting, radios Wong. Three officers race in to assist. Constable Blue testified Cowie was actively resisting arrest and fighting. His concern, Cowie could access a weapon. Constable Spencer delivers three punches and three knee strikes in six seconds, says Crown. The suspect suffering four broken ribs and a partially collapsed lung during his arrest. Crown claims Cowie was subdued after an initial knee strike from Constable Blue, and court should not accept he was resisting as the officers suggest. Quote, Spencer's use of force was indiscriminate, and his reported resistance mounted by Mr. Cowie did not justify breaking his ribs either by Constable Spencer or by Constable Blue. The force used by Constable Spencer was an order of magnitude greater than the force used by his colleagues and co-accused, and was likely the cause of grievous bodily harm. Defense arguing Constable Spencer did exactly what he was trained to do and was cognizant throughout. His use of force was limited and restrained and purposive to a specific and important priority, which was to get those limbs under control. He did not act out of emotion. He was not trying to punish Mr. Cowie. His actions were not only necessary, proportionate and reasonable, but they were laudable. He seems uh, very intoxicated or very high. 
Earlier this year, officers Spencer and Wong testified at a coroner's inquest about their involvement in the arrest of Miles Gray in 2015. Gray died following an interaction with several officers which left him with injuries including a fractured eye socket, crushed voice box and ruptured testicle. Police testified they felt their lives were on the line. No charges were laid against any officers. Constable Wong, the officer who initiated Cowie's arrest, did not testify as a witness for the Crown or defense. Crown telling the court it would have called Wong if he was credible. BC Provincial Court Judge Jay Solomon will deliver his decision in January. Kristen Robinson, Global News. A state of flux for students of Hazel Trembath. First, their school burned down. And now parents say their kids are losing valuable learning time because of the commute to their temporary classrooms. Their frustration and what the district is doing about it in just over a minute. Surf's up in Squamish. The proposed development making waves later. Plus. Between 10 and 15,000 stories. The end of an era at Global News. Cameraman Roger Hope calls it a career after nearly 50 years here. That's still to come. First, though, it's been quite a year for students of Hazel Trembath Elementary, now attending class in a temporary location after their school was destroyed by fire. Every day they have to bus from the site of their old school to the new location. And their parents are worried the kids are losing out on valuable learning time because of that commute. On October 14th, a massive fire ripped through Hazel Trembath Elementary, burning the school to the ground. Less than two weeks later, the more than 250 students had a temporary school set up at the Winslow Center. We're grateful that the school district pulled it all together in such a short time. But now, months later, some parents are raising concerns about the new setup. They're missing school taking that bus every day. I mean, for sure. And that adds up over time. The bus ride from Hazel Trembath to the temporary site at the Winslow Centre takes roughly 20 minutes. And every day, students make that round trip during school hours. The students are losing a bit of instructional time each day. However, Thomas says schedule adjustments are planned for the new year. We've uh, been working very closely with our busing provider. Uh, to bring some additional buses in with uh, drivers that are kind of dedicated to our needs for, for Hazel Tremba. For parents, a bigger question lingers. Will the school be rebuilt? Everybody was gung-ho about a new school and they were like pumping all the parents up and now it's just kind of in limbo. While the school district maintains their commitment to rebuild Hazel Trembath, they do admit that the province has asked them to explore other options, such as additions onto other schools or even dispersing students amongst the rest of the district. We asked the Ministry of Education and Child Care if they could confirm the school will be rebuilt. Their response? Since the fire, the ministry has been working closely with school district leadership on a path forward to best serve the needs of the community. It definitely flies in the face of comments that have been made by a number of provincial politicians. As a kid, Poco Mayor Brad West attended Hazel Trembath, and now so does his young son. Word needs to get into the bureaucracy. Um, that Hazel Trembath is going to be rebuilt, that's been committed to, uh, and they should expedite this process. Troy Charles, Global News. And we asked Coquitlam RCMP about their investigation into the fire at Hazel Trembath. They are still calling the fire suspicious, but could, could provide no update on their investigation or when it might wrap up. Up next, cost overruns for municipal projects. 
The lack of predictability uh, with costs and with timelines has been uh, uh, extremely frustrating. Why Burnaby is facing big challenges in keeping public buildings on time and on budget. Plus, strep infections on the rise. The warning from health officials later. We have an update to a story we brought you yesterday. Coquitlam RCMP had been trying to identify men involved in what was thought to be an attempted door-to-door scam. Coquitlam RCMP first responded Tuesday after being called by a local man who was concerned his grandmother was being targeted by scammers at the door. The family shared the video with police and Global News. Yesterday, Rogers said the three men were not its employees. Now, police say they have identified and spoken with those men and confirmed they are contracted employees of Rogers who are working on a door-to-door sales campaign. Rogers also confirms that information. The company is apologizing to the family and acknowledges the men did not follow company procedures. Well, Burnaby is trying to tackle a costly problem, the growing price tag for civic projects in the city. Ballooning budgets and delays are becoming such an issue, council is now working on ways to keep costs under control. Aaron MacArthur reports. The Rosemary Brown ice rink looks ready to roll, but it isn't open. Years after it was intended to be in use, the facility is still under construction. Delays mostly through COVID supply chain issues, have meant these two needed ice sheets won't be ready until sometime after the holidays. It's not the only project in Burnaby facing challenges. Cost overruns have plagued the city in recent years. Councillor Pietro Calendino says public buildings are often twice as expensive per square foot than in the private sector. He wants to appoint a design board to maximize efficiencies. The Taxpayers Federation says the buck should stop at the council table. And what we really need to see happen is the municipal politicians and their staff being honest and upfront with taxpayers. The initial cost to replace the CG Brown pool was pegged at $187 million. The city of Burnaby fired the architect when costs ballooned to more than $337 million. There's a smaller scale down version of the project on the books right now. And even that's estimated to be $240 million. If it was one or two projects, that's not unusual. But the scale and volume, where literally every major capital project is coming in tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars over budget, that's what stands out here. Urban design experts say the problem comes down to basic human nature. Based on concept art, engineers, politicians, city staff all over promise and then can't back away when the costs become clear. All of those features that were critical to getting the project sold to the public and approved in council then become hugely expensive and challenging to build once they shift from uh, the drawing board to the construction site. Council voted unanimously to create the design panel. There is no indication on how it will be implemented or who will sit on it. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Coming up, COVID concerns heading into the new year. We're particularly concerned Um, about uptake in the highest risk groups. The impact of pandemic fatigue four years later. Plus, health warning for parents. The alarming numbers of strep infections in B.C. this season. The B.C. Centre for Disease Control and B.C. Children's Hospital are warning parents about a rise in invasive Group A streptococcal infections in children. 
There have been 51 cases of strep A this year in people under the age of 20. That's twice as many as last year. It typically causes mild illness that is treatable with antibiotics. But in some severe cases, those infections can become dangerous when bacteria invades the bloodstream and lungs. That could lead to sepsis or pneumonia. The BCCDC says the best form of protection is to stay up to date with vaccinations, stay home when sick, and wash hands frequently. Public health officials say managing COVID-19 remains a key priority heading into the new year. There are calls for people to roll up their sleeves and get their updated shots as top doctors work to better predict when the virus will peak. Health reporter Catherine Ward has more. Dr. Teresa Tam has seen the country through many stages of COVID-19. In our year-end conversation, she said the work is now twofold. The first is continuing education about the benefits of vaccination. Tam says it's clear people are fatigued by the years of living through a pandemic as trends show overall coverage has waned. The uptake uh, is not as high as before and we're particularly concerned um, about uptake in the highest risk groups. That's the older adults. The uptake is at about, I think, 42% in the 65 plus. And so there's definitely room for improvement there. The second goal is looking at trends that might help predict when peak infections of COVID-19 will occur. Public health officials expect the virus to mutate and change. The WHO recently classified JN1, a new variant of concern, given its rapidly increasing spread. Dr. Tam says the goals with COVID, as with any virus, is to figure out how to time vaccines with peak infection periods. The WHO updates the influenza vaccine strains in February, usually, and September of each year for the northern and southern hemispheres. COVID, we're still learning about it a bit, but I'm really looking towards maybe next year where um, some of these decisions and the way that the manufacturers can generate the vaccine and going into programs can get into a bit more of a rhythm. Shots continue to be made available through pharmacies and certain doctor's offices. Tam wants to remind people that getting vaccinated for either the flu or COVID is particularly important for people who are pregnant, seniors and young children. Catherine Ward, Global News, Toronto. Just ahead, he has seen BC's biggest stories through a lens. I like the job. You know, it's a license to snoop. Roger Hope, the man behind the news camera, and his parting shot after a nearly 50-year career at Global. Also ahead, catching waves where you wouldn't expect how a surf resort could be coming to Squamish next. Squamish Council has approved a huge development that could see the town become a surf destination. The plan includes more than 1,000 homes, two hotels and a giant surf park capable of generating up to 1,000 waves per hour. That technology is already in use in six wave parks around the world, with several others now under construction. The site is located right on Howe Sound, just south of the Britannia Mine Museum. Who knew? Squamish is a surf destination. Surfing it is. <laughs> we'll see if it happens. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Yvonne Shell is in tonight with a look at our weather forecast. We know it's not 
uh, it's unlikely to be <laughs> a white Christmas. No white Christmas, but we are going to be seeing some rain and I'll have sort of what we're anticipating and the temperatures. It is going to be a mild for a few areas as well. We've seen dry conditions through the day today, even some breaks out there. We're currently sitting at seven. It is going to be cooler. Keep that in mind, especially as we get in towards this evening. We'll be close to and hovering the freezing mark. Now for the day tomorrow, we're back into some sunshine. It's quite pleasant to kick things off for a Saturday. By the afternoon, we'll climb up to six or right around the average for this time of the year and a bit more cloud cover will start to roll in towards the evening. The plan, however, with the next weather maker, we're tracking this system that is going to take aim along the north and central coast and then work its way along the southern half. But we are going to track that rain and the winds will be the big weather story along coastal areas for the northern half of the province. They'll continue all the way in towards Sunday morning in terms of the winds and we are going to watch that precipitation move in for us on our Sunday and taking us in towards our Christmas day as well. If you're traveling along the mountain passes, the areas to note, Coquihalla as well as the Rogers Pass could still see up to five centimeters. The Kootenai Pass is included within that and then a nice clearing. We'll see some sunshine on the way. Now areas near Haida Gwaii as well as the north coast, wind warning that is in effect. We, ha we do have those winds picking up, sustained at 90 and potentially gusts of up to 120 kilometers per hour. This starts to pick up for the afternoon and then it continues all the way in towards our Sunday morning. Now, the northern half of the province, so very wet and windy. It's dry across the central regions, the southern interior. We are going to see some bright spots, a nice clearing, especially for traveling along the mountain passes. Most areas across the island, it's the northern and central regions that could still see a few isolated showers, but it's the lower mainland. That's where we're actually tracking some bright spots through the day. Get out and enjoy tomorrow. It'll be a bit more soggier for Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. No shoveling, Squire, as we always say. Yay. So you don't have to shovel the rain. But it's 7 and 8 degrees, so uh, we are going to see those temperatures comfortable. I just have a quick update to our story about um, the people from Calgary who are here stuck here in BC, we thought, for Christmas because of the Flair Airlines problems and getting a flight out to Calgary. After our story aired, Flair came through and they will fly back to Calgary tomorrow. So Christmas is saved. Yay. Amazing. Thanks to Global News and Jean Hua. You know what I wanted to do for Christmas? Be taller than you two. Well, yeah. That, you got I your know, wish. I got my wish. Yeah. <laughs> the way it is. Okay, there we go. You're still a little tall. Uh, that's, that's reality. Yeah. Okay. A touch. It, yeah, touch. I guess it is. A touch. Oh, I had a weather window. I have oh, to show it quickly. Show it. Can I show it quickly? Yeah, sorry. Here we go, real quick. Let's break into a weather window. There we go. Aww. Great shot. Kin Beach, and this was sent in by Paul. Is that a heart? I think so. Oh, beautiful. I think so. That's why I picked it. Well, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, oh. thank you, Paul, for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, before Speaking we get to of sports, hearts, yes. I know this is an in thing to do. We're doing this for one of our own today. Yes. Yeah. Like it's a big day. Roger Hope. Now, you probably have never seen him on television, but I guarantee you, in fact, I know you have seen what he's seen because he's been one of our cameramen for, get this, 44 years. Roger Hope has had a camera at his side for 44 years. And during that time, he has shared what he's seen with the entire province, countless times. Well, maybe countless to us, but not to Roger. So how many stories has he shot during his time as a cameraman? Between 10 and 15,000 stories. 10,000 stories, you remember any of them? <laughs> <laughs> the only one I remember is the 2010 Olympics. <laughs> That's all. Only because I had so much fun. He began as a camera assistant, carrying a 40-pound tape deck on his shoulders, 
before everything you needed was put into one camera. I like the job. You know, it's a license to snoop. And um, you end up in places you wouldn't otherwise, and meeting people you wouldn't meet. <laughs> meeting people. That's one of Roger's strengths. Yeah, I used to be a wallflower, and then I started this job. He is the master of the streeters, which is getting people to talk to his camera. Pretty slippery down this hill, huh? Very slippy. Yeah, let's try to push you out. What do you say? It took our cameraman, Roger Hope, and eventually two neighbors to free this driver. I became known as the snowman, the guy that went out and shot all the snow viz and, you know, clipping people as they're cleaning their windshields. He also met somebody special because of his job. I met my wife here, Deborah, Deborah Hope. Yeah, Deb Vandergrat, Deb Brown, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, great. Among the many things they had in common was music, which led to an album. When Deb got sick, um, it took about, over about a 10-year or 8-year period. I just, she was happiest when I was playing music. I was just trying to keep her happy, and, and then it worked out that way. So now, as a youthful 71-year-old, Roger will put down the camera and pick up a guitar. But looking through a narrow lens for 44 years has given him a very wide perspective on people. One thing I think I've learned on the job, no matter who you're dealing with, if the highest of the high or the lowest of the low, if you treat people with respect, 99.9% .9 of the time they will respond in kind. That's part of the charm. You don't know what's coming next. It's part of the fun. It's also part of the problem. Right? Like, I'm going here? Yeah. I'll miss that part of it. And we'll miss you. <laughs> right? Aww. Big smile. That's really big for me. You yeah. show up and Roger's got a big smile. Always. That's true. He um, had to get up early every day and still had the big smile. Yeah. Yeah. And we would send him out in the snow. Um, and we actually made him work on his last day. <laughs> Sorry, Raj. Uh, best of luck to you in retirement, and hopefully we can reel you back in for some part-time work in the new year. Yeah, that'd be good. All right, what else do you have? Well, we're going to talk about the Canucks, who, uh, of course, play tomorrow against San Jose, and right now have the most points. I mean, they're tied with Vegas, but technically they're number one in the NHL when it comes to points. I know. Okay, it's and... It's miracle, and it's and, been going on since October. And later tonight? We're just going to keep pretending that this isn't Jason wrapped up like a present to surprise us? <laughs> a special holiday edition of Satellite Debris. Bandwagon must be full now. Oh, it, people are falling off of it, but not mm -hmm. because they want to fall off. There's just so many people on it right now, and Canuck fans everywhere are going to be having a great Christmas. A cool Yule, if you like, because right now Vancouver is number one in the NHL point-wise. Now, if you want to be nitpicky and you want to ruin the party, you can point out that when it comes to win percentage, the New York Rangers are number one. But what's the point of bringing that up? Canuck Nation hasn't felt this good at this time of year since the President Trophy days of 2011-2012. Even though Vancouver lost 4-3 in overtime to Dallas last night, that extra point put them technically above Vegas. The Canucks have 47 right now. We should mention, too, since he took over as coach, and I know my math is not always right, but I think it's right this time, Rick Tockett and the Canucks have won 65% of their games, 42, 21, and 7. And they still have one game left to add to their total before Christmas, which is tomorrow against San Jose.
Yeah, I think, you know, if we can get the next win, you know, I think it was at 49 points, you know, at Christmas time, that's pretty good. Uh, played a lot of hockey games, um, a lot of grinding lately, and, uh, you know, like I said, it's a, uh, you know, we got we to have a, the mindset for one more game. We got to give it one more game, and then we'll, uh, we'll have some time off to relax with the family. It's important for some of the guys. BC boys Connor Bedard and Zach Benson went straight from being drafted to the NHL. But another great BC junior is Logan Stankoven, who starred with Kamloops. He's taken a more traditional route. He's on Dallas's farm team right now. But in just three months, Logan Stankoven has become one of the best players in the American Hockey League. Here's Blumel down low. McKenzie Stankoven scores his first professional goal. Logan Stankoven. Logan Stankoven scored in his first game as a pro this past October, and he really hasn't stopped producing for the Texas Stars. As the AHL hits its Christmas break, Stankoven has 14 goals, tops among rookies, and third most in the league, and his 35 points are second overall, behind linemate Maverick Bork, the Stars' first-round pick from 2020. Stankoven to Bork, he scores! Again, Maverick Bork ties it! sees the ice so well and um, yeah I'm really really lucky to play with a, a player of that caliber and obviously he's uh, been a part of my success as well making some great plays and and uh, yeah I think we have some good chemistry going. Stan Coven has moved over to right wing from center which has been an adjustment but his hockey IQ is such that he has caught on quickly and the numbers back that up. You know I think if you can see the ice and, and make plays at, at high speeds because um, you know, at the pro level, the game only gets faster and quicker as you move up. So I think just being able to, to process the game at, um, you know, a faster rate and uh, make, make quick plays out there is key. Stan Coven's great start has certainly caught the attention of the Dallas Stars. It seems only a matter of time before he gets the call up to play his first NHL game. For me, at least, you know, there's no rush to get to that level. I think just being able to learn how the pro game is played down here and, you know, if they do need somebody or somebody needs to be called up, hopefully uh, I'm one of the first ones that they can they can call up and put myself in the best situation possible to, to have that opportunity. It's all moved pretty quickly for a young man who realized a childhood dream by playing and starring for his hometown Kamloops Blazers. Then he won two gold medals at the World Juniors playing alongside Connor Bedard. And now he's doing his thing in the AHL. He's earned every bit of it, but is very appreciative for those who helped get him here. I owe it to my family and, uh, you know, especially my parents. You know, they put in lots of time and effort and, um, you know, early practices in the morning and, um, you know, kind of they set me up for success. Speaking of great BC players, how about Macklin Celebrini, who could be the first pick overall in next year's draft. Here he sets up Connor Geeky for a power play goal. This is Canada and Switzerland, and this is a exhibition game getting ready for the World Junior Hockey Championships. Now uh, Celebrini is going to help Fraser Minton, former Kamloops Blazers star and least first rounder. That'll make it 5-2 in the second. But then Celebrini does something very out of character. He rarely takes penalties, but unfortunately, he hits Leo Briard from behind. He gets a five-minute major and a game misconduct. He might get a one-game suspension and miss the opener of the World Junior Tournament. We're not sure yet. The opener is Boxing Day against uh, Finland. Owen Beck, though, nice shorthanded goal for Canada as uh, we beat Switzerland in a tune-up game. There's one more against the uh, U.S. tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And then, as we said, 
they start playing for real. There you go. Okay, I've been off the last couple of Fridays, so I've missed your seasonal satellite debris. Yes. Looking forward to what you have next. We have some old favorites because it's a Christmas tradition. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas, well, it's that too. All right, stay with us, we'll be right back. The festivist. I can't even check. We're talking about Squire's hair. Because my Plus hair has a point. mind of its own and it does things suddenly and <laughs> I don't want to scare don't anybody even... at home. How does it just do so? It pokes out. It just, it wants to get out. It just pokes right out my it's hair. Fine. So like, it's and it's fine. like, so I have to like, you know, work it. <laughs> All right, we don't. Constantly. Satellite debris and the clock is ticking. Christmas commercials. First one from Little. Here we go. What I think. How's <laughs> 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 living in Spain, Uncle Gary? Amazing. We like it. At Little, we're big on quality and always little on price. And we mean always. Bingo. Let me take a picture. Oh, what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Living on the moon. Amazing. We like it. If there's a spare one going back, see? Bingo. Let me take a picture. Oh, watch out with that thing. How's living forever? We like it. Okay, I thought you'd go vegan. Even when we're carving turkeys with lasers, we'll always be little on price. <laughs> nice. I don't know why nice there were touch. subtitles, but there were. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this one is from uh, Migros. Here we go. people Cute. got together at Christmas. Isn't that it's nice of that big adorable. adult to do that? Okay, so these two, uh, we've shown them before. One, of course, is Mariah Carey. I know we play all our music, but well, we play the one song every Christmas, so this yeah. commercial we'll also play every Christmas. But first, JetBlue, here we go. Kelsey, would you please pass the broccoli? Seriously? We're just gonna keep pretending that this isn't Jason wrapped up like a present to surprise us? Seriously, we're just gonna keep pretending that this family doesn't have a rule about waiting to open presents until Christmas morning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Delicious potatoes, Mom. <sighs> Who said that? 
Who said that? JetBlue's turning people into presents. Gift wrapping and delivery included. Christmas. It's a magical time. A time for giving. A time for caring. A time for sharing. It's the last bag. I saw them first. Uh, don't think you did. I think I did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. Did. Did. Didn't. Thank you so much. Walkers, too good to share. Well, I guess it is Christmas. <laughs> there, we had a Mariah so it's Christmas now. And there you it's go. official. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm off for the next few days, so. Really? Yeah. Merry Christmas to you guys. Squire and I will be peppered in We'll here. be here on yes, Christmas. I'll text yeah. you guys. Yeah, Thank same. You Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great day. <laughs>